This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to Leadership Transformation Platform, Multiplying Authentic Leaders, Moving Society. I'm Adrian Grunewald. It's wonderful to be with you. Our usual weekly leadership masterclass. And of course, we've got the old man, Louis Grunewald, on the line as well. Uh, I'm running the show from Kruger National Park, just here at my home. Yeah, wonderful, beautiful weather. It's great to be with you. It really is. Theo, welcome. We've got Professor Theo Feldsman, our monthly conversation around leadership, and we've got a fascinating leadership masterclass today. Theo, good to have you with us. Thank you very much, and good day to the listeners. And Louis, also good to have you with us. It's good to be with both of you as well. All right, folks, this is it. Um, a very important conversation. We, I think... All leaders should potentially listen to this. It is about recognizing failing leadership. And hopefully one can see these things and then do something about it. I think it's a more proactive thing. So how do I recognize a leader is starting to fail or is showing signs of failure rather than a failed leader? Because when a leader, specifically very senior leaders, political or business, fail, uh, many people suffer. A, con- a country goes into recession. Um, uh, a country loses hundreds of billions of, of rands in its GDP, and we know many things go wrong. So that's the conversation today. Theo, I think um, maybe give us a brief introduction, and then we, we take it to – you've got a lot of signs, and we look at about 19 signs, but they do you do divide them into different categories, so we'll discuss it. Step by step, I want leaders out there to listen very carefully. Uh, you know, do you think that you show some of these signs? Sometimes it's difficult, Theo. Tell me if I'm right or wrong to recognize these in yourself. So hopefully you, you have the humility as a leader and the strength, in fact, the courage to recognize if you fall into any of these categories. Theo, take us away. Yes, I think, uh, Adrian, just the starting point. Uh, you've in a sense alluded to that, is that leaders hold the futures of the organizations, the communities, the societies in their hands. And hence, uh, it is so important, critically important, uh, they can either be architects of that future, in other words, creating a future desired by all, or they could be victims of that future by being failing leaders, and hence they don't deal appropriately with that future. But these, uh, therefore, it's very important that we recognize these signs early. And sometimes it's a single sign, but typically we see a, a kind of a, a leader becomes a serial failing leader because many of these signs, because they, they, they start to link together. And these signs actually show up in four, the four relationships that a leader are embedded in. Firstly, with himself. And very often the source of the, the failing is because the leader is, is it does not have the self-insight. But we'll come to that. Secondly, with his or her followers. Thirdly, the entity they have to lead, uh, lead the organization, the institution, uh, this community. And uh, fourthly, the context in which they have to function. And it, it, it sets in like a rot. Uh, it's like a, a virus. It affects the whole uh, sphere of influence of the leader such that it also then affects other leaders and then it becomes uh, a total uh, leadership collapse. Okay, so I, I like what you say there. So a failing leader could be failing uh, in, in one of those four, call it relationships, causal relationships yep. almost, with myself, herself. I could fail 
my relationship with myself. I could fail in the relationship with followers. I could fail in my relationship with the entity that I lead, be it a political party or a business or my family maybe. Or I could uh, also fail with the context in which I have to lead. And, um, and I think that's powerful, Louis. I think if we, if we take this um, as a starting point, I, I would ask if I'm failing in my relationship with myself, Theo, does that necessarily uh, roll over to a relationship with my followers? I think there are leaders that struggle in themselves, but they escape in the work environment. And you get the impression they work extra long hours because they're failing in other areas and they seem to be succeeding at work, but not necessarily at home or with themselves. Or is there definitely a causal relationship between all of these? I know, I think I definitely they causally relate it. Uh, it is maybe the one is stronger or weaker, but they actually it, it, it is is like a, peb, a pebble you throw in a pool. Adrian, it starts with myself, and then it spreads out. Then it spreads out, and then of course there's a feedback. As I fail in my relationships with others, I actually place myself more in a failing situation, or in terms of my institution, all the context in which I have to operate. Powerful stuff. Lumi, any comments there before we look at the different individual signs, these four relationships in which we can fail as leaders? I've read the write-up of uh, Prof. Theo on this subject, and I think it's a superb audit um, model for people who want to check whether they are inclined towards um, toxic leadership or towards authentic leadership. I feel, though, um, Theo, that what has changed in terms of our own personal uh, research is that before you could get away with your relationship uh, that appeared to be positive with your followers and with the, the general context of the environment. But nowadays, if you don't have proper self-insight, the term you used as well, uh, sometime or other it's got to reflect in your actions towards the outside. And that's I think, is a very important development that is recognized by many boffins, uh, I, I believe. I, I endorse that. That's why I think the the whole recognition of the failure starts with the leader himself, um, uh, what's happening to me, but also then opening up feedback channels such that other people can tell him what's happening to them. Sometimes uh, leaders have blind spots. Uh, they don't pick up these things. Uh, uh, but then at the same time, typically, especially your very powerful leaders, there's a power vacuum uh, or uh, because of the power they have, there's an information vacuum that starts developing around themselves. So they either don't invite feedback or otherwise uh, people are too afraid to give them feedback or they actually, but that's part of a failing leader, squash feedback. Okay. All right. So let's, let's kick off then um, with the different signs of failing leadership, starting with the first relationship, the leader with him or herself. And you've got here absence of a servant leadership orientation is sign number one. In other words, the, the, the whole attitude is not servant leadership. Take us through that one, Theo. Uh, uh, Adrian and Louis, you know, for me, that is the starting point of leader. When you commit to leadership, you commit to be of service uh, to others for a common good. The moment you, st you commit to be a leader 
or you take up a leadership role and it's about personal for be- personal benefit seeking purposes like status, prestige, power, access to powerful people, uh, etc., then you in the game, can I put it for the wrong motivation? And it always, when, when I, I think about servant leadership, it always comes to mind when President Mandela, uh, he wasn't president then, sorry, uh, when he was released from prison, that first speech he made on the parade ground in Cape Town, he said to the people, I'm a servant of you. If I'm no longer a servant, please ask me to go. Uh, so, so that servant attitude, if the leader does not enter onto the playing field with that, it's already the, the trigger for failure. He's there for the, he or she is there for the wrong reasons. Um, Theo, what I find interesting is you, you write here in your document to us, um, the leader can go through public motions of ostensibly being a servant leader, however, with devious, well-camouflaged, self-serving ends in mind. And I do see that. So, so a leader can honestly come across as a servant leader with certain motions and actions. But, but when the pressure is on and followers can sense something is not right. I mean, their instinct tells them it's not authentic. Very much so. And, and you know, how you can pick it up is what benefits are the outcomes um, are the leader after? And that shows up the leader, whether, you know, it's, it's, it's a genuine servant leadership or it's just going through the motions. Excellent. All right. Sign number two that the leader is starting to fail. And certainly with him or her uh, herself, um, the relationship with myself is a me agenda. Tell us more. Yes, uh, I think it flows from the previous one, Adrian and Louis, and that is that when you listen to this leader, the language is all about me language. It's me and I, etc., which says that, and that is going to lead us into the third sign, is self-centered. He's driving things that are to his own uh, advantage. Uh, even if he, he or she uses the we term, it's like in the regal sense, you know, we are not amused type of stuff. Uh, so it is all about egocentric, self-serving uh, um, uh, um, agenda. And everybody else is, is, is there to in servitude to him for, for, for achieving this agenda. Okay, so, so could I say I'm a leader who starts off with I, it's all about I, I, and then I realize, oh gosh, it's got to be me, and then I sort of um, uh, camouflage a little bit by, by throwing in the me, but it's not real, it's not authentic, but then hopefully I then migrate to, to it being a real us, a real, yes. um, you know, okay, all right, so that's sign number two, a, a me agenda. Um, Louis, do you want to jump in on either of those first two ones? First sign, absence of a servant leadership orientation, and the second sign, a me agenda. Uh, Adrian, um, listening to what Theo is saying, the truth is that often, you know, with experience, you can sense a person's orientation. Now, you and I have been in in contact with some superb leaders, and within a minute or or discussion, you feel you're involved with a person that really cares for others. Um, in fact, that takes a delight in the growth and participation of others. Uh, I think, though, one can often sense this, um, either the person is genuine 
or not? Uh, can I okay. give you a practical example here? Um, mm. Example I've heard is the the exco of a prominent company goes overseas. The CEO travels first class. The rest of his executive team c- c- covers uh, travels business class. That's immediately a, a separation. It's it's about me and how I can uh, promote myself and what's good for me. It's not for us as a team. And and, and as a counter example, I know of situations where the CEO walks through business class to economy, and some of his own executives sit in business class. <laughs> Um, and I remember someone telling me this about Jacques Marie, the CEO of Standard Bank. I think that must be very embarrassing. He also gets in a simpler car, a rental car, and his other executives get climb into a more fancier um, class. Anyway, all right, so sign number three, you've got repulsive egocentricity to build on the previous two. Repulsive egocentricity, sign number three of failing leaders. Uh, it could be a little bit separate although it's related, but this is the, and now, Louis, we're getting closer to what you said, look at the person him or herself. This is the the leader that's totally arrogant, boastful, abrasive, know-it-all. He or she is a prima donna, and they're totally intoxicated by self-love, self-pride, and obsessive Uh, self-praise. So the world turns around them virtually every second of every day. So it's about their, uh, promoting themselves, their own enhancement, and self, uh, their self-glorifying image. But interesting about these people, uh, these types of persons, they can they sometimes very charming with those that support they need, but they do it in a manipulative, devious ways in order to camouflage their true intentions. So so it's it's that kind of iron fist in the velvet glove. But, I mean, for me, the best example currently of such a leader is Trump. There's no doubt about that uh, uh, in terms of what I've just mentioned. Okay, so, so one must be careful um, that they, they have an egocentricity sort of approach uh, and everything you've mentioned, but they can be charming but, yeah. and, and probably manipulative, but it's more to those that can serve their own agenda, as we mentioned previously. Yeah. Um, okay, so very dangerous people, very smooth, very polished, I would guess. But um, so I'm, I'm looking at these signs, Theo, as I'm assuming that a leader can can start off with good intention, and, and as power enters into into his domain, and as influence, he starts tasting that influence. And, uh, and much more that goes with it, then, then these things can start kicking in. Am I right? Is that possible? That's right. That's very much so. And the other time they start kicking in, uh, Adrian and Louis, is when the CEO is under pressure. Because then uh, typically a person reverts back to their natural style. They haven't got energy to kind of do the charming stuff. Uh, they are just in a survival mode. And then the true true person comes through. Okay. The voice of Professor Theo Feltzman. Yeah. Um, Louis, quick comment, and we go to sign number four. Yeah, Arden, uh, we really see this happening in our country. Uh, the less the economy is growing, the more the pressure just mounts. And you see how people react under pressure, and, the, and perhaps the uh, true self uh, comes out. Um, I just want to mention, Arden, we must bear in mind that Theo also is a work psychologist, so um, he will bear out the fact that in the past, 
um, people are well could even be sociopaths and be and be considered a very successful corporate leaders. But I believe the time for that is rapidly dwindling because the true self will will become out, especially with the great pressures that are nowadays with social media. We see it uh, in the media every day that uh, people think they get away with something, but uh, not so easy, not so easy anymore. Yeah. Interesting times we live in. Um, I think I just want to go to sign four and then we can look at some local examples perhaps if we we feel comfortable doing so. And then we'll go on to signs of failing leadership regarding followers. So this is still regarding myself. Um, sign number four, Theo, you give as little self-awareness and insight with unpredictable mood swings. Interesting one. Well, this leader has got little, uh, if any, insight on the impact on others. And it touches already on a little bit of other thing because they believe they've got power. It doesn't matter. So I can have any impact on uh, on people, whether it's positive, negative, I don't care. Because I'm playing the game according to my rules on my playing field. So uh, fit in or fly off, uh, the, the FIFO uh, principle. So empathy does not feature in this person's life at all. And he's highly moody, erratic, unpredictable mood swings. He shoots off the, the hip, uh, emotional outburst. So he's totally unpredictable. I mean, I know of one organization where the executives would phone in the morning to the PA of the CEO and ask, what mood is he in today? Can I come through? I mean, that is a really a sign of a failing leader. So a little self-awareness is that EQ component, isn't it? It's yes. the ability to be aware of my mood today. Can I control it? Um, should I even go into the office today? Because I know that my mood, my emotional outbursts, my emotional, um, fe- emotionally feeling down today will impact the environment, not just in my immediate office, but certainly it will ripple through the business or the organization. So the self-awareness thing, a leader cannot work hard enough at it, is my impression. I, I, I've got to know who I am, what I am, what drives me, my strengths and weaknesses. I've got to know myself very, very well. And Adrian, if I may add to that, is how other people affects me, uh, affect me and how I deal with that. Because I don't only affect people, people affect me as well. And how do I deal with that in a mature fashion? Yeah. I mean, if people are angry at me or they are uh, inconsiderate, do I also then counter by being angry at them or being inconsiderate? Okay, yeah, well, because if I am, then it just perpetuates the cycle. Uh, if I'm in a Very mature much. state, if I'm in a good state and I can control my emotions, then I swing it around. All right, so signs of failing leadership when it comes to me, myself, are sign one, absence of servant leadership orientations. Orientation. Sign two, a me agenda. Sign three, repulsive egocentricity. And sign four, little self-awareness and insight with unpredictable mood swings and so on. All right, so I I don't know. We can now go on to signs of failing leadership regarding followers. But I'm interested if we look look at a couple of our – that's one reason, whether it's America or South Africa, we use them as case studies. How is President Zuma doing on these elements, bearing in mind that we don't stand next to him every day, 
We don't necessarily know about his mood swings, although we see a bit of it in Parliament. Um, Theo, what would you say about about that? Uh, you've mentioned President Zuma. I think for me clearly, uh, he's, uh, in terms of signs of failing leadership, very strong on sign one and two. Uh, and later on, it will become even clearer, I think. It is a, it's not a servant leadership uh, orientation. Although it's said it's about South Africa, it's clearly not about that. It's a driving a particular agenda for a particular group, and we'll ret- that's also a sign of a leadership. So there's no us there. Um, I'm jumping a little bit ahead. Is, 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 uh, if a leader can't create a shared, desirable uh, vision for everybody, that's also a sign of, 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 uh, of failing leadership, especially if that whatever supposed to be vision is, is divisive um, uh, and, and splits groups. Um, I think there's a bit of a prima donna, uh, self, uh, love, self-pride. I mean, our president has never admitted to any any failures. Uh, he's doing the right thing. I mean, the economy is going down, and then no, the economy is actually it's uh, it's doing okay. So there's there's nothing of of the the fact of uh, uh, taking. And again, it's a sign that we'll pick up later of accountability. I can't speak about uh, the the mood swings. Um, and the self-awareness, not close enough to that one. Look at um, someone like a Musi Maimani, the opposition leader, or Julius Malema. So Musi Maimani, do we know enough to to quickly um, pull him through this, the four signs? I can only comment again on the first two really in depth. It, It really seems to me that he is pushing a common agenda, that he, he, he is adopting a servant um, attitude uh, and that he wants to take the country as a country along. I think for me, the other one you haven't mentioned, this last one, sign four, uh, Adrian and, and Louis, our recent demise of our vice, is it vice uh, uh, um, minister of education, which was on the front page of the Sunday Times about a week ago. Uh, about the, you know, the, uh, I think the expression was even used there, a boss straight from hell. And if you see the kind of demands that he made on he, the people serving him that were totally unreasonable as a leader, ruling his, his, his people as if they are servants or slaves uh, of whatever he wants to, to, to get right. Okay, Louis, do you want to add before we go to the other signs? Yes, Audrey, I, th- I think this is an important discussion. Um, it's perhaps unfair to, and that's what Theo is doing right now. He says, well, you can't comment on, on say, uh, uh, parts three and four. But Audrey, what is important, though, is to see what pressure does to people, which we discussed before. When you interviewed uh, President Zuma some years back and wrote a, an article in Business Report, remember uh, you and Ellis, um, and that article had a lot of positives in it because at that stage, I think it was far more um, kind of universally connected and with this program. But as the pressure mounted, is reverted. Uh, uh, we would believe most of us to a completely, um, you know, showing the signs of toxic behaviour that we're discussing here today. So uh, people must be wary. Of pressure because people change. We've had many cases where a person complains to us about his boss. And he says, "No, he's a fine person, or she's a fine person, but it's only under pressure that the boss turns in uh, uh, toxic 
or even uh, uh, with malice as well. So this is a different Zuma, Arden, to the one you interviewed, quite frankly, in that sense. It shows what pressure does with us. Absolutely right. All right, let's go to signs of failing leadership regarding followers. Sign number five, then, is unethical conduct. Yeah? Yeah, this is the leader that's got no moral, internal moral compass, ethical compass, no no uh, uh, moral uh, consciousness. Uh, the leader acting without any integrity because why? The, he or she is pursuing a me agenda, so he or she is very... Uh, 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 opportunistic is driven by expediency because whatever serves me is right. Um, so he's untrustworthy, unpredictable, dishonest, um, doesn't keep uh, promises, breaches agreements. Um, so and he's never at fault and never wrong. Mm. Okay, and then that that spills over to followers, doesn't it? Yes, and and then. He uh, um, uh, condones uh, actively or passively, passively by not doing something or p- uh, actively by supporting them, the immoral and ethical, unethical conduct of his followers, as long as, pre- very important condition here, they, their actions serve their ends. And if they don't, um, then he actually then very quickly disclaims uh, them and say, but they're unethical. But it's not because they're unethical per se. It's because they no longer support them um, and promoting his course and his agenda. So he distanced himself. But it's not the true reasons why he's doing that. Interesting one, especially when it um, when the leader starts condoning actively and passively the immoral and unethical conduct of followers and. And they have to start condoning the leader's uh, actions, and it becomes a vicious cycle as well. Um, uh, that's certainly what we're seeing in our country a, a lot. You've got sign number six, Theo, lack of unifying, shared, inspiring vision. Yeah, this leader uh, un- uh, is, is unable to bring about a vision that people can buy in, can mobilize in. Remember, the leader starts out with stakeholders. And he or she has to convert those stakeholders into followers. And how do you do it? By by creating an inspiring shared vision that everyone wants to participate in and make a reality. So so uh, underlying a, a shared vision is, is a common destiny that exists. We're in the boat together, we're rowing the boat together, and we know the direction. But this leader is all over the show. Either there's no vision or it's a kind of a vision at dime a dozen. Uh, uh, today he's got this vision, tomorrow he's got that vision, other vision, or it's so vague that it, it, it's not inspiring, it is not meaningful to anybody. Um, and, and sometimes a leader does have a vision of some kind, but it, it could be only for an exclusive group. So immediately the, the, the vision becomes a di- divisive device in his or her armory. Uh, and, and, and sometimes it used to weaken the opposition, hey, where there is opposition, that you can only mobilize this exclusive clan or tribe, so to speak. And I'm using it metaphorically here to whose benefit this vision is for. Okay. So if I see lack of unifying, shared, inspired vision, then I must know this is a sign of failing leadership on the horizon. Uh all right, Louis, any comments there? Well, Arden, what often happens, <coughs> the leader then <coughs> will speak of 
many kind of visions in a sense. You know, in other words, he said, jack of all trades. Uh, instead, there's no central core vision. And that's, if you see how the, with respect, the ANC has changed from a coordinated vision of doing the best for the country as a whole to a whole series of agendas that's cropped up. And the leader in this case is just uh, unable uh, to, to focus everybody on the central vision. Um, he's, his vision has changed, quite frankly. It's a bit does this comment we discussed before, Adrian, of a uh, of your, our uh, what's the word? The reward reality has changed, and now we're getting rewards from many different sources, um, mostly self-indulgent by nature, and therefore the core vision is slipping away fast in our midst. Yeah. Okay. So I like where we're going now. The next one you've got sign number seven of a failing leadership, especially as far as followers are concerned, is weak, subordinate co-leadership and followers. So this is an interesting one. I think um, I do see this as well. Tell us more about this one. Yes, uh, you know, Adrian, for me, (laughs) this is sometimes, some of these things are hidden, uh, these uh, signs of failure. But sometimes it's very... Uh, can I say a, a very strong kind of indicator if you observe who the leader is surrounding him or herself and what their strength is and how they operate in in relationship to that leader. The weak leader can't afford a strong leaders around them and followers that challenge them, that, that take them on, that say, but we have to do these things together, that, that you're unethical. Uh, the the weak leader surrounds him or herself with weak followers, weak co-leaders uh, that merely become echo chambers to and uh, amplifiers of the leader's self-centered wishes, desires and aspirations. So a very um, manifest sign of failing leaders is who, which kind of followers do the leader uh, attract and retain? Um, and we'll come back to, uh, to another point is, is who does he uh, pushes away from himself in terms of the, the leaders around him, co-leaders? So, so I, I, I like this one because the leader can actually sit back, you know, your Jacob Zuma, your Wissi Maimani, your um, Julius Malema, your Adrian Bohr, your, you know, whoever um, from different organizations. And you can say, do I have rigorous, rigorous debates inside our executive meetings? Now, do I have pushback from my leaders very often? Do they challenge what I'm saying? Yes, ultimately, when we make a decision, they respect me as the leader and we decide and we move forward. But do we have rigorous debate? I think that's one of the signs whether I have weak leaders or strong leaders around me. Would you agree with that? Very much so. I think it's, uh, for me, the, the true, uh, genuine, authentic leader is able to grow strong, courageous followers uh, around them, also attract them, and have, uh, can I put what you've just said in a different way, have fierce leadership conversations in terms of are we going in the right direction, are we doing the right things. Sorry, uh, uh, guys. Um, uh, colleagues, I've 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 heard here made a wrong decision. Uh, let's rectify, etc. Is re- able to readily admit to failures, but then to learn from those failures with co- uh, followers. 
I think this can be very difficult in politics because people around you have ambitions like few other places. So I have heard in the in the in the executive chamber of the EFF they have rigorous tough debates, which is an interesting one. Um, but I I think it's um, it's tough because as a political leader, you know people are voted in and there's such a high level of ambition and personal aspirations in in, in those rooms that um, if the leader can create an environment where where he does or is surrounded by strong individuals and they can have rigorous, fearless debates or fierce debates, then he's done a very good job. Because in politics, man, your own people want you out. Your own people want to stab you in the back because they want to be there where you are. So not an easy environment to create this, but it's a sign nevertheless. You know, do I have weak subordinate co-leadership or followers? Then, uh, then it's a sign of failing leadership on the horizon. Okay, um, unless you want to say more about that. Sign number eight, you say, is demeaning and disrespectful interpersonal conduct. Well, the failing leader plays the person and not the matter at hand, the ball. Uh, it's, uh, and this is, Louis, you've referred to it early on. This is especially if this leader is toxic. Uh, he or she deliberately undermines the sense of dignity, self-worth, efficacy, whether it's physically psychologically, socioculturally, and spiritually of those that depend on him. So he really goes after persons and not the matters at hand. And no respect, no dignity. The people are just merely pawns in the greater game that he is playing. Uh, and, and winning is everything, and the winner takes it all. And, of course, then under these conditions, no feedback, opposition, or criticism are tolerated, I go, come after you, even if it's in a very hidden way, a very charming way, I will still come after your throat, so to speak. People just don't feel important in his or her presence, do they? They don't feel like they're moving closer to their own potential. Um, and as you say, Theo, they don't open up. They, they don't, why would I give this leader feedback when, when he or she treats me in a demeaning, disrespectful way, especially in front of others when there's a bit of grandstanding and so on? Yeah, not uh, not a nice sign, this one, sign number eight. Can, I, can, can I add to what you said there, Adrian? Another very uh, clear indicator, because sometimes these failing leaders are very charming. If you ask people, after an interaction with a leader, how did that leader make you feel? Do you feel a better person? Do you feel more elevated after having an interaction with this leader? Or do you feel run down, uh, demeaned? Uh, you were retreated with, with lack of dignity. So people can tell you very quickly uh, in terms of the interaction with the leader, how did that leader make you, uh, them, uh, him or her feel? Okay, overall sign number nine, it's more specifically about failing as a leader when it comes to your followers, is constant turnover in the leadership team or group. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know of leaders that whose business was going down, but uh, but they, they, they kept the same leadership team all the way through until they turned it around. That's amazing. Good leadership. Uh, Bron Pretorius, I remember with McCarthy in 2000 or so when they were in a horrible situation. He kept that leadership team going. So this is an interesting one, Theo. I, I think that's also a very uh, um, concrete sign of failing leadership. They're unable to build a stable team around them, especially from of strong leaders. Uh, we've just spoken about strong followers, strong co-leaders. There's a constant leadership churn. 
except there's one exception here which is interesting with failing leaders. They hang on to the people where they need that expertise to make them look good. Maybe it's like the financial director. I mean, if you don't report on a, on a monthly basis your financial results, the, uh, you, you keep hang on to that person. Or you need a person to make you look good. But it's all just for the sake of, of promoting that person. But the churning is a clear sign of a failing leader, not able to build a strong uh, a team around him or herself. And, and let me just add on that. Uh, it, it comes in one of two ways. One is uh, the, the, the leaders leave themselves. They leave because they are not happy. They don't feel uh, that there's an empowering environment, uplifting environment. It's toxic. Or the leader himself or herself um, causes the turnover. So it keeps changing my cabinet ministers, for example, the whole time. Mm. Uh, mm. Keep shuffling and reshuffling. And, and for, for what reasons? Well, again, if I'm personally failing as a leader, then it's for my own agenda. So we see a lot of good examples of that, again, all over the world. I mean, even Trump has had a few shuffles uh, already, but we'll see how that one goes. Locally, back to home, uh, we've seen that in our cabinet. So your, your turnover is not just people leaving because they're unhappy. It's because I can't settle them. I can't help them feel comfortable and happy and empowered. So I just let them go all the time, maybe because they're not serving my agenda. They're not loyal to me personally. Yeah, Louis, do you want to comment on that? Uh, yes, uh uh, Kevin has just mentioned the point about the current trend when young people change the employment, you know, uh, uh, very, very quickly as well. Um, it shows their sense of belonging is lacking. Uh, they don't see, share the vision of the organization they belong to. And, uh, and this is, this is not good as well. The other extreme was uh, the Japanese companies in the old days, Theo, not nowadays so much. I mean, you stop. Yeah. You started with a corporate and you ended with that one. That was the ultimate kind of uh, organizational culture. But nowadays it's gone to the other extreme. There's so little loyalty to your organization. And that surely is a serious leadership failure as well. All right. Sign number 10. And it's more particularly as far as failing with my followers. Negative energies in followers resulting in a poisonous, sick and divisive interpersonal climate yeah it's now getting yeah. further down isn't it Pierre? yes uh, I, I think you know through his actions his thinking his decisions these failing leaders just trigger negative uh, um, uh, energies in either actual or possible prospective followers such as anger frustration fear suspicion and so you can carry on the list is actually it, it the climate around that leader is just a poisonous uh, sick and divisive uh, climate and you know the the underlying uh, dynamic that happens here is there's there's a lack of trust because trust forms the basis, foundation of any impersonal, interpersonal relationships. And that is either disappears or gets uh, eroded dramatically. And, and that's also now the, 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 uh, the climate in the States that's been commented on by a, com a couple of commentators that trust is disappearing because you just have this negative uh, 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 um, energies taking over. Mm. Uh, the negative energies and followers result. And I, I want to say that um, if we look at the, some of these signs, now we're getting to the more the masses. It's 1,000, 10,000 employees in the organization. If you have constant turnover by your leadership team or group who report directly to the 
the toxic or the failing leader, then that starts impacting further down the organization. Everywhere you go, the same uh, toxic toxicity almost uh, uh, exists. And there's demeaning and disrespectful interpersonal conduct all over the business. Um, and the leaders further down also get weak subordinates and co-leadership and followers. So it just becomes a vicious cycle. Yeah, and, and, and I want to make a point here. You know, you can argue if there's a recession, uh, the economy is doing not well. Yes, that causes negative energies. But if you've got the right positive, authentic leadership, they will say, let's achieve in spite of. They invoke positive en- energies that counter the negative circumstances um, and, and minimize negative energies. Uh, Adrian? Yeah, that's a very good point. Can I just Thank mention Yes, Louis. Uh, this is one team that we are working with now. You know about that. Um, they reflect the opposite of what we're speaking because they got uh, genuine, authentic leadership. Uh, the team, I'm speaking of the top management now, 14, uh, they are united. Not one of them in personal sessions indicate they want to change or move to somebody else. Uh, they have a, a tremendous uh, passion to to belong and to proactively contribute. So it's great to know there are some teams that uh, that certainly don't allow this to happen. Even in this case where uh, the, the senior leadership in the past of this organization um, tends to uh, uh, break down the trust. That's in the past. Hopefully this is changing now. But this specific organization, as part of this very big organization, they maintain... Um, a whole a kind of uh, environment of uh, of productivity and of enjoying their work, and not one of them in a, in a year shows the slightest signs of wanting to leave. So it can be done, even in spite of the fact that the overall environment, as Theo was saying, um, is not all that positive. But they just refuse to believe that it can't be done. It's good to see that. All right, so, so time is... is Ticking on, let's go to sign number 11, and this is a tough one. To, I mean, I guess you get different forms of it, blackmailing followers. Theo, once again, we get a sense that it happens around us in the political sphere. Blackmailing followers? A leader leads legitimacy to lead. Uh, in a sense, you need, I mean, where, uh, no followers, no leader. If you turn around, then nobody's following you, you're not a leader. Uh, okay, there are different styles, of course, of leading. And, and, and what happens with your failing leader, he has to, uh, because of his fatal weaknesses, he's in a sense increasingly being held ransom by the unrealistic parochial interest needs and ideals of his followers. Um, so, so he needs to seduce them, sweeten them in order to, to carry on, on uh, uh, supporting him. Otherwise, he's going to lose his power. So um, because they want access to resources, they want to have status, etc., etc., and um, the leader now is, is being held ransom by them, is, is hijacked by them, blackmailed by his followers. Okay, that's a dangerous when you get there. It's a really dangerous place to be. All right, then we move on to the next category. So we had signs of a failing leadership regarding the self and then regarding followers, and now we've got... Um, regarding the entities they lead, and you're going to sign number 12, seamless merging of leadership ego and the entity being led. So is this about the the individual becoming bigger than the party or the business? Well, no, they're becoming one, Adrian. 
you have the leader ego and the the interest of the organization becoming a seamless one so if you touch the one you critique the one you praise the one you actually touch or praise the other one uh, so the, the the there's no difference any longer for 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 in this case the leader between the organization they lead and themselves um, yeah Okay, and, and, and what, what place is there for the leader getting bigger than the organization? So, uh, if the leader leaves, the organization pretty much tumbles. Uh, very much the organization would, would start making, or the leader would start making those claims. You know, without me, this organization won't exist. And very often it happens in the political sphere. Hey, uh, if, if, if you let me go, gone is the organization. Uh, or I represent the spirit and the ego of the organization, but again, in a very self-centered way. Okay. Sign number, let me jump in when you need to. Sign number 13, self-centered power abuse. Well, this use, a uh, leader just uses power for, uh, to, to put it very uh, short, uh, power becomes an intoxicating end in itself, for yourself as a leader by yourself. It's just a power game. Because remember, this person is protecting their position. Uh, he's in it for the wrong reasons, so he's using the power also for the wrong reasons. It's protect to enhance his position, to promote his image, his personal agenda, to enforce his views and his decisions. It's power gone corrupt. It's interesting. Um, you know, you're, you know, it's intoxicating, isn't it, Theo? I get the impression with our former president, Tabo Mbeki, that he started touching on some of these failing principles, um, the self-centered power abuse, for example, which is why the ANC center pulled him back. Uh, but then, you know, all credit to him. He turned it back around and he seemed to have become himself again, which is a very good thing. This is not easy. It's easy for people to judge a leader in a very powerful position. But until you tasted it you don't know what it's like sign number 14 accountability avoidance here yeah and, and it actually touches on the next one as well but let's deal with accountability avoidance the failing leader starts uh he creates deliberate confusion ambiguity and predictability so that it's very difficult to attribute to him or her accountability and responsibility for decisions and actions and outcomes um he blames others, he blames the circumstance, he's never at the center of taking accountability for, and also for his followers. Um, he makes even his followers scapegoats, he vilifies his, the opposition uh, as saboteurs of his lofty and pure intentions. He's never to a blame. But he's very good at claiming credit for, for, for the successes of others and claim that it's because of his grand vision, his energy, uh, whatever he did uh, to make this happen. It's very uh, difficult uh, to pin down accountability on this person. He always finds external reasons. And his team and so on. Again, I, see, I think we see a lot of this, Louis. <coughs> Audience strikes me, though, that, that the whole <coughs> pressure you mentioned about the the, in the modern times, uh, Tabumbek is really um, kind of reverting back to what we believe as, let's say, the good <laughs> Tabumbek. Um, but pressure does amazing things. And every, everything we discuss now, Theo, also confirms that it goes back 
to your your self insight as well, and what you are mm. will, will come out <laughs> under the pressure. So therefore, you need to nourish yourself. This is something not many leaders do. Nourish yourself so you are strengthened personally. <laughs> you can take the unexpected blows that will come for sure. Okay, sign 15, um, as far as uh, failing leader is concerned when it comes to the entity, is glaring absence during turnkey crisis and critical moments of truth. So the leader disappears, does he? That's exactly it. Uh, uh, when you expect the leader to be present, when it's a crisis, when it's a, a kind of watershed moment, the leader is just too is absent. You see why? Because there's a public spotlight on the leader, and, and, and there's high risk that the leaders uh, may be shown up as weak, incompetent, and clueless if he's present. So he or she just disappears. And after time, when the, the fire is quietened down, when the crisis has, so, so to speak, subsided, he kind of miraculously uh, reappears again. And, 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 and very often that leader's response time is also very slow. He's, he well, misses the window of opportunity that's required by that crisis or that moment of truth. Okay, and then you see others disappearing and being the fall guys. Okay, we do, we do see that too. All right, the last four very quickly is signs of failing leadership regarding the context. And the sign number 16 under this that falls under this is mismatched to the requisite level of complexity. The leader does not match the complexity, I guess. But what does he then do? Well, uh, he, he pulls down the complexity to the level that he or she is uh, comfortable with. And very often it's either tactical or and, and or transactional. Uh, and in, in this uh, uh, Vikas world of us, we need leaders really able to deal with ambiguity, uncertainty, uh, complexity, interconnectivity, and so the list goes on. And so it's a different kind of leader that can think globally with a global mindset. Um, but unable to do that, so he or she pulls it down to what should happen next week or de- pulls it down to a kind of minor detail or a minor crisis that has to dealt, uh, be dealt with. Uh, so it's short-term ends and it's kind of on the spur of the moment impulsive responses. Or is it the same as uh, pulling it, uh, you, you subscribe to racism, so it's all about race rather than the real issues perhaps. Um, you you yeah. distract very easily. And you go to a. Of course, it's a, a, monopolistic a capitalism. You know, there's a single type thing, which uh, we'll come okay. back to that in terms of the level of thinking, which goes with this one. Okay, sign number 17 is creation of a make believe reality. This leader, in order to, to be able to cope, creates a reality that suits his interests, needs, aspirations, and ends. Uh, for the complexity he can handle, to hide his weaknesses, to pacify his, uh, the wants of his followers, and paints his opposition as immoral and vile. So he creates a, a reality that does not exist. And he does it through denial, rationalization, projection, and distortion, all those good psychological defense mechanisms. So he falsifies facts. Uh, he's never at fault. He double speaks. Uh, and, and he's the sole arbitrator of what is true or not true. Okay, so creation of a make-believe reality. Theo, let's, let's quickly look at sign 18 and 19. Uh, I'll say what they are, and then as you close that up, we can, we can sort of wrap it up 
and, and, and maybe just look at our broader environment. How much of this do we see? Sign 18, fragmented, shallow thinking. And sign 19, vulnerability to management fades. Okay. 18 is round about the fact, and it relates to the uh, not being able to deal with the complexity, um, a level a right a complexity. So what you do, you are not able to, to think, think big pictures. You either come up with small little bitty type pictures, or otherwise you throw just blocks like Lego blocks together and, and kind of bedazzle people, mesmerize them through the so-called complexity you handle. But there's no logic in terms of the things that you put together. Very often this leader also thrives on, on, on past success recipes that have passed their sell-by date. So there's no deep level thinking and the, the thinking changes all the time. And, and related to that, the, the, the final sign then, Adrian and Louis, is, is where the leader is very vulnerable to management fads. Uh, it's now transformational leaders, you know, so he or she goes with the fashions and the fads of the moment because he or she is so desperate for this silver bullet that will make her appear up to date and cap uh, capable. And also they throw he or she throws it out as and when it's the fashion changes off it goes. Uh, she talks, uh, uh, talks the talk, but does not walk the walk. It's so about posturing. It's the sarding and the spin doctrine. Okay, so I'm not very confident in my own management or leadership models and philosophies, so I've, I follow every management fad that's out there. All right, Theo, um, thank you so or, or, much. Or the Me, other thing is I just imitate another, you know, I become like a second Jack Welsh. I just imitate somebody else with no sincerity attached to that. Okay. So let's have final comments. I mean, there are 19 signs and we divide them into failing in my relationship with myself, my followers, my entity that I'm leading and and also the context in which I lead. Powerful stuff, Theo. I hope we did it justice today. Um, I, I, my feeling is we see a lot of this and, and of course, the, the political environment is much more visible. Of late, we saw the launch of BLSA's vision uh, where they contracted with South Africa, where I see the opposite of a lot of this. So, so certainly a Bonang Mohale, the CEO of Business Leadership South Africa, seems to be driving a, a very authentic leadership side and rallying all the corporate leaders behind him. So we'll see how that lasts. That's, that's good news. In politics, uh, a lot of this failing, these failing signs I see, unfortunately. And, of course, politicians are very visible. Louis, your final comments? And then Theo. I just want to confirm, um, Arjun, Theo, the, the real... Um, impressions I had in going through this document here, it's a, it's a superb exercise to, uh, to audit your own management style, your leadership style, and especially to see that the, the holes you may be stepping into without knowing it. So thank you, Theo. I think this is a, a solid and a good exercise. Thank you very yeah, much, Louis, uh, Adrian. I think the signs are there. I think they're also very encouraging signs, uh, Louis and, 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 and Adrian, in terms of the civic society mobilizing, the social media, um, our mass media, uh, uh, the, the groupings, the lobbying groups. So the signs are there, and that's what I need, a ferocious, what we need, a ferocious counteraction to failing leadership. Excellent. I agree with you. Thank you so much for joining us, Professor Theo Feltzman who took us through this, the signs of failing leadership. 
And I hope our leaders out there appreciate it, enjoy it, and that you are able to objectively look at yourself when it comes to these signs. I'm sure most of them, if you're humble and courageous enough to recognize them, you can change it. And, uh, and, and, and we certainly hope that this conversation was worth your while. That is our Leadership Masterclass for today. Thank you for joining us. This is CliffCentral.com.